We hope you enjoy this tale about the Peters children. We encourage you to listen carefully for the hidden hymn in the story. You'll either hear the title or a line from a famous hymn buried in the story. When you think you've heard it, be the first to email us at whimsywins at gmail.com for a prize. Whimsy Wins is spelled W-H-I-M-S-Y-W-E-N-S. Now pay close attention and happy listening. Penelope Peters tells a lie. The morning sun shone brightly through the curtains onto Penelope's green, yellow, and pink plaid bed. But the bed had been made and was long since empty. Penelope Peters was in the kitchen, eating toaster waffles with her brother Pearson. Mama Peters came stumbling down the steps, bleary-eyed and yawning. Why are you up so early? Mama Peters asked the children as she switched on the coffee maker. I couldn't sleep past 5.30 this morning. My brain won't stop thinking, Penelope shouted enthusiastically. Mama, she came in my room before six o'clock ready to go. I told her the bus wouldn't be here until eight o'clock, Pearson Peters grumbled a little less excitedly than Penelope. Pearson, it's Penelope's first day of first grade. She gets to stay a whole day, so it is exciting. Penelope turned to Pearson, a smug look on her face. Just then, Daddy Peters came down the stairs with an untied tie around his neck and his hair still disheveled. So, I take it no one here cares that it's barely six in the morning and there's a tall and handsome man in the house who could still use some beauty sleep, Daddy Peters mumbled unhappily. You're not the only one, dear, but Penelope is just too eager for first grade to allow anyone in her family to actually rest. But we understand, Mama Peters added quickly, winking at Penelope. Oh, it wasn't that Penelope meant to awaken her whole family, but the prospect of first grade loomed large in her mind as she anticipated all of the changes. There was going to be a real recess, like a whole half an hour instead of just 15 minutes. Penelope would no longer feel torn between Foursquare and the monkey bars. She loved both equally, but when she was in kindergarten, she had had time for only one or the other. Why, just last night, she had written down her plan for the day in her new shiny purple flip sequin journal that she'd gotten for her birthday in August. And that plan included 15 minutes of Foursquare followed by 15 minutes of the monkey bars. Her plan was just perfect. But that wasn't all that first grade had to offer. Penelope would also get to ride the bus home this year. Mama Peters had always picked Penelope up at lunchtime after kindergarten, but now that she was a first grader, she would get to stay the whole day and ride the bus home with Pearson, who had ridden the bus all last year and was now a big second grader. Besides recess, the most exciting part of first grade was art class. 
Mrs. Grable, the art teacher, was someone Penelope had long admired from a distance on campus. She always wore oversized sweaters with brightly colored shirts and flowery scarves. Whenever Penelope watched her walk gracefully across campus, she just knew that Mrs. Grable would be her favorite teacher in first grade. Plus, Penelope already loved art, so she felt she had kind of a head start on the subject matter. As Penelope and Pearson Peters finished brushing their teeth together at the same bathroom sink, which wasn't easy since the sink was so tiny, the school bus honked its horn outside. A shiver of excitement ran through Penelope, so as fast as she could, she dropped her toothbrush, grabbed her brand new lunchbox, which was a beautiful pink with green polka dots, another birthday present from last month, kissed Mama and Daddy Peters goodbye, and raced out the door. Pearson Peters, a little bit slower on the draw, followed behind, perhaps trying to show Penelope how much cooler and older he was by his mature slowness. He didn't let on to Penelope that he was just as excited about second grade as she was about first grade. Pearson would begin by learning to play the recorder. Eventually, though, he would have the opportunity to learn a new instrument, if he so chose. He envisioned himself playing the trombone and of being the star of the school marching band. Although the school didn't even have a marching band. But Pearson Peters was a boy with big dreams. The bus ride was a short six minute drive to the drop off at Evergreen Elementary. Mama Peters had reminded Pearson and Penelope to let the others off the bus first. So even though they really, really, really wanted to dash off the bus before it had even come to a full stop, they fought their instincts and watched as other children began filing out the door. After what seemed like an eternity, and only after they watched Barbara McMasters drop her pencil case, sending pencils and erasers and paper clips and a pair of green scissors flying every which way, and then helping her to pick it all up. Pearson and Penelope Peters finally got off the bus. After waving goodbye to Pearson, Penelope grabbed the hand of her sweet friend-in-waiting, Emily Johnson. Emily was Penelope's neighbor and a school pal. She was neatly dressed in her favorite color, sparkly blue, a pair of khaki pants, and a pair of bright blue Converse high tops, which her mother graciously allowed her to continue to wear despite their ragged appearance. Emily and Penelope had agreed the day before to dress in the same color. So Penelope looked fairly similar. Sparkly blue was the most beautiful color. At least that's what the girls thought. Pearson Peters raced off to his class in second grade. Penelope and Emily skipped into their first class of the day. After being introduced to their English teacher, the beautiful Mrs. Swanson, the girls both glanced at each other, sensing that the day would be just perfect. By the time recess began at 1 p.m., Penelope had already begun to grow tired. She discovered something that came with first grade that she hadn't anticipated. Homework. So far, she had math, science, and English homework, and just thinking about all of those papers shoved in her backpack overwhelmed her. She tried to push those things out of her mind as the bell rang, signaling recess. Penelope sprinted outside and organized a game of Foursquare.
Abby, Lydia, and Emily eagerly joined in. Several other girls lined up to be included. The tired feelings and thoughts of homework ebbed away as Penelope got lost in the game. Her day plan was back on track, and she whacked the big red playground ball with oomph. She and Emily were the last girls standing in Foursquare, and the match was heating up. Girls on both sides were cheering and yelling encouragement. Penelope slammed the ball hard into the other side, certain that Emily would miss. In a moment, as the ball sailed just above Emily's head, Emily made a last-minute decision to jump and hit the ball before the bounce. It was the right decision as she hit it hard enough so that it barely landed in the back right corner of Penelope Square. Hopping fast in an unexpected direction, the ball was just out of the reach of Penelope's outstretched hand. In that split second, Penelope had lost. She glanced at Emily, then turned on heel and darted off. Looking back, she shouted, Well, I wasn't trying my hardest, and anyways, I wanted to play on the playground. She didn't catch Emily's disappointed look because she was too bothered by her own loss. She comforted herself by making excuses, telling herself that she hadn't actually played her best. In a moment, she would take out her frustration on the monkey bars. Hattie, the monkey bar master, was already crossing the bars, two at a time, while Penelope stood behind her waiting. Hattie welcomed her with a smile. I'm going to see if I can cross the bars by skipping two bars in a second, Hattie declared with joy. Ooh, that's a great idea. I want to try next, Penelope echoed, watching eagerly as Hattie successfully crossed the bars. Okay, so here goes. And with that, Penelope was off. She grabbed onto the first bar, eyeing the glaze-painted blue bar two bars away. Determined, she thrust her right hand forward, swinging her body hard. It was then that she realized just how sweaty her hands were. In the blink of an eye, she grasped the third bar, having crossed well, but her grip was weak and slippery. She tried hard with all her might to hang on, but almost as quickly she fell down in a heap on the ground, her eyes immediately filling with tears. She looked up at Hattie, and in her best acting voice, she said, I'm okay. I did that on purpose. Hattie held out her hand to Penelope, who quickly got up, brushed herself off, and ran past Mrs. Grable, who was watching the children play on the playground. Penelope rushed into the bathroom at the corner of the building which bordered the playground and finished her recess in the stall, crying softly, but making sure no one would hear her. She composed herself and made her way out when the bell rang, walking toward art class. At least she would get to go to her favorite class next. Mrs. Grable introduced herself to the class and told the children that their job would be to imitate the great artist Monet and paint flowers for the day. Penelope tried to put a side recess in her mind and focus on the imitation painting she was making. She looked up and caught Emily's eye. Emily was sitting on her right and seemed to want to communicate with Penelope, who refused and immediately glanced back at her paper. After school was over for the day, Penelope and Pearson boarded the school bus home, which dropped them off right in front of their driveway. 
Mama Peters was there to greet them as they walked in the door, with far less pep in their step than when they had left. She noticed immediately that Penelope looked as though she were holding back tears. She offered them a cookie and sent Pearson outside to pick the last of the summer's apples off the tree. Mama Peters sat down with Penelope at the table. In a short time, after breaking her silence, Penelope burst, relating the events of the day in great detail. She quickly glossed over the four-square game and the monkey bar scene, but somehow Mama Peters sensed that Penelope might be holding back some important details. So she asked Penelope questions about all that had happened. Reluctantly, Penelope divulged the details to Mama about all that had happened. Her eyes began to brim with tears which spilled over onto her cheeks by the time she got to the bathroom part. Mama gazed at Penelope for a moment, put her arm around her shoulders, and spoke gently. So you lied today and treated your friends in a way that you would never want to be treated. Is that right? Mama Peters asked, trying to summarize what Penelope had related to her. Penelope pulled back, looking puzzled and hurt that her mom would take someone else's side. She replied hastily, I fell and got hurt, and also my feelings got hurt. That's not my fault. Mama tenderly wiped Penelope's tears with a tissue and firmly answered, Penelope, you said you weren't trying at Foursquare. Were you doing your best at Foursquare or not? Penelope sheepishly acknowledged that she had been trying her best. You also ran off and didn't tell Emily that she had won fair and square, Mama continued. You weren't being a good sport. Is that true? Penelope even more sheepishly nodded. And then, when sweet Hattie tried to help you up, you not only lied about having dropped from the bars on purpose, but you ignored her kindness. And I think we can say that without question, nobody ever drops from the monkey bars on purpose. After Mama Peters had finished speaking, Penelope's face was soaked with tears. This time, though, she wasn't crying tears of self-pity. No, her heart was heavy with sadness as she pictured poor Hattie holding an outstretched hand to help her after she had tumbled off the monkey bars. But Penelope had ignored her hand and had hurried away. Penelope suddenly realized how self-focused she had been. If she had thought about Hattie and Emily, instead of thinking about herself, she might not have been so rude. But she was angry and ashamed that she had lost at Foursquare, a game she so loved, and she was embarrassed that she had fallen off of the monkey bars. To cover her embarrassment, she lied, thinking that if her friends thought she hadn't tried at Foursquare, and that she deliberately had fallen off the monkey bars, they might realize that she has control over all things that happened to her, and she can do what she wants, when she wants, and then they wouldn't feel sorry for her. What silly thinking. Mama Peter spoke almost in a whisper. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. Penelope, that's Proverbs 28:13. God tells us that lying is wrong. Furthermore, considering yourself more highly than your friends is wrong. It also put distance between you and your friends. But I suspect you know that by now, and I'm thankful that you do. What should you do to make it right? Penelope answered tearfully, I guess confess it to God. 
and to Emily and Hattie. Mama smiled and nodded, and together the two of them prayed for the three girls. Mama encouraged Penelope to draw pictures for her friends. After dinner and homework, Penelope was off to bed. The next morning, Penelope awakened refreshed from God's amazing grace and a long night of rest, and from awakening at a more reasonable hour. Daddy Peters was also perkier when he emerged from his room, arms stretched in the air as he yawned mightily. He chatted with Pearson and Penelope before praying with them and sending them away as the school bus rolled up. Penelope felt a little fearful as she boarded the bus while clutching the pictures for Emily and Hattie in her hands. She followed her brother down the aisle to seats near the back, and only then did she dare to glance up to see if her friends were on board. She noticed them sitting together only two rows in front of her, which added to her nervousness. Sensing her anxiety, Pearson grabbed Penelope's hand and whispered, You should get it over with. You'll feel better. Penelope knew he was right. So summoning all of her courage, she took a deep breath and moved forward to where her friends were seated. Mind scooting over? She asked Emily, looking at her friend's beautiful pink bow perched on top of her head. Emily scooted closer to Hattie, making room for Penelope. Without pausing, Penelope jumped right into her rehearsed but sincere speech. I'm sorry for yesterday. I'm sorry that I wasn't a good sport at Foursquare and I said I wasn't trying. I actually was trying my very hardest. I'm sorry for running away and not giving you five, Emily. Hattie, I'm also sorry that I lied and said that I fell off the monkey bars on purpose. I didn't. I don't think anyone falls off on purpose. Well, maybe they do, but I don't know why they would. And Hattie, you were so nice, and I'm sorry for thinking that it was okay to run away and reject your help. Anyway, would you both forgive me? Penelope sucked in and let out a huge sigh. Without hesitation, Emily and Hattie reached over and the three girls embraced in a tight hug. Penelope passed out her picture and returned to her brother. What did I tell you? Pearson Peters asked. I know, you were right. Well, actually the Bible is, I have found mercy. That day was a better day because Penelope confessed her sin and found mercy. She still had as much homework as the night before, and life in first grade was going to be more challenging than life in kindergarten. But she was going to make efforts to remember to be truthful and humble about her faults. Welcome to Grandma's Corner. Wasn't that a good story? Now that you've listened to Penelope Peters tells a lie, can you think of a time when you told a lie? Or how about a time when you were a poor sport? Maybe you were embarrassed about something silly, like falling down, and you lied, and you said you did it on purpose. Or maybe, instead of congratulating your opponent when you lost, you acted like a big baby, and you pouted, and you sulked, and you didn't say, good game, or good job. Let's take a quick look at what the Bible says about lying, and about being happy for someone when they're happy. Let's turn to Psalm 34, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Deceit is just another word for lying. Now let's take a look in the New Testament at Romans 12:15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. 
To rejoice with someone is to be happy for them. So the next time you've acted like Penelope, remember these verses and remember that lying and being a poor sport is sin and then tell God you're sorry and ask him to help you do better. If you've enjoyed this tale about the Peters children, we invite you to come back to listen to more adventures about them. Bye for now.